Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Jesus 911, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. One man car today, Ruben Nava. My partner, Jesse Romero, is out on location. He's doing some apostolic work, so he won't be joining us today, but uh, we got a good show, and I want to wish you and everybody a happy St. Patrick's Day. I've got my green on, and um, yeah, I remember as a kid, you growing up, you say, what do you, what do you got? Where's your green? You know, and guys would, uh, I didn't brush my teeth today, so uh, my teeth are, <laughs> are green. You know how kids are. But um, yeah, happy St. Patrick's Day. You know, he's a, he was a 5th century uh, Roman British Christian missionary and the bishop in Ireland, known as the Apostle of Ireland. He's the primary patron saint of Ireland. And uh, uh, this was an amazing saint. If you've never read his story or things about him, he must have raised about 35 people from the dead. So um, it's more than the green beer today, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's more than the... Than the uh, then you're eating your meals of uh, uh, what are they? What do the Irish eat? The, you know, cabbage and and, and uh, help me out, Mister Engineer. What's the uh, the the Irish? So let's uh let, let's talk about what's going on. And and uh, I wasn't here on Tuesday, but uh, Pope Francis he he said that he was going to be consecrating uh, Russia and Ukraine. To the Immaculate Heart of Mary, that's a that's a big deal. That's uh that's huge. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of things are coming out about it. Like what's uh, what's going to happen? Uh, is it going to be is it going to be done by the uh, procedure that Our Lady asked for? And uh, so let's kind of let's get into this. Uh, he he's going to consecrate Russia on the 25th. That's the feast of the Annunciation. Um, an announcement came out from uh, the Holy Press office. It says on Friday, the 25th of March, during the celebration of penance, at which he will preside at 1700 hours. That's for you uh, civilians. That's five o'clock in uh, Saint Peter's Basilica. Pope Francis will consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And the same act on the same day will be carried out in Fatima by His Eminence Cardinal Krajewski, Apostolic Almanur, Almanur, as Envoy of the Holy Father. So, as I, like I mentioned, it's going to be on the Feast of the Annunciation. Um, Pope Francis even tweeted about it, on uh, uh, that he will be doing that on that day. Um and it follows a heartfelt uh, appeal made to the pontiff on March 2nd by the Latin Rite Catholic bishops in Ukraine who asked the Pope, uh, asked Pope Francis to consecrate Russia and Ukraine as requested by the Blessed Virgin in Fatima. So if you remember, Ukraine used to be part of Russia. So uh, to bring an end to the current conflict. And their statement released on, on the morning of Ash Wednesday referenced the current conflict in the Ukraine and called for the consecration to be done in the manner requested by Our Lady of Fatima in 1917. And and their letter reads this like this. Holy Father, in these hours of immeasurable pain and terrible ordeal for our people, we, the bishops of the Episcopal, Episcopal Conference of Ukraine, are spokesmen for the unceasing and heartfelt prayer supported by our priests 
and consecrated persons, which comes to us from all Christian people, that your holiness will consecrate our motherland in Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Responding to this prayer, we humbly ask your holiness to publicly perform the act of consecration to the Sacred Immaculate Heart of Mary of Ukraine and Russia as requested by the Blessed Virgin in Fatima. May the Mother of God, Queen of Peace, accept our prayer, Regina Pacis Ora Pro Nobis. And uh, Cardinal Krujewski will perform the consecration in Fatima on behalf of the Pope and has recently visited the Ukraine as the papal envoy during the current crisis, and he spoke with the Ukrainian Catholic bishops while in Lviv, and Krujewski highlighted the power of prayer and faith to move mountains and prevent the current conflict. And uh, so just a little history. If you remember, 1917, Our Lady of Fatima gave the three visionaries this message asking for the explicit consecration of Russia uh, to her Immaculate Heart. Remember, back in 1917, Russia was not a powerhouse, okay? Um, so she says, To prevent this, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart and the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. If my requests are heeded, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, she will spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. In the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me, and she shall be converted, and a period of peace will be granted to the world. And then, um, again, Our Lady appeared to uh, Sister Lucia. Uh, as you re- recall, the, the two visionaries were already uh, deceased by then. They were taken up um, as children. And uh, in 1929, appeared again to uh, Sister Lucia, saying, the moment has come in which God asked the Holy Father to make into order that in union with Him and at the same time, here's the key, all the bishops of the world make the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart, promising to convert it because of this day of prayer and worldwide reparation. So, you know, controversies, it's reigned over the years uh, over this issue of the consecration of Russia with some Catholics contending that it has taken place. However, while Pope John Paul II made an entrustment consecration of the world, including Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary on March 25, 1984, he deliberately avoided making the explicit, explicit mention of Russia as Our Lady had requested. And, that's, and, and that was, um, I was told to us by German Cardinal uh, Joseph, Paul Josef Cordes, and he confirmed in, in uh, 2017 that um, Pope John Paul II held back from mentioning Russia explicitly because the Vatican diplomats had urgently asked him not to mention this country because otherwise political conflicts might perhaps arise. And um, LifeSite News reports that the late Father Gabriel Morth, the former chief exorcist of Rome, had already noted how the consecration had not been performed as requested, saying, a specific consecration has not yet been made. Um, Cardinal Burks, another prelate that uh, who doesn't believe the consecration has been completed as, as requested. Now, this is above my pay grade, uh, folks, so I'm just going to, um, I can give my opinion, but it's simply my opinion. Uh, but it, may, it remains to be seen if the Pope will make the consecration uh, of Russia in union with all the bishops of the world, as outlined by Our Lady in 1929. 
And uh, so in light of that, a lot of that announcement, Dr. Joseph Shaw, he's the chairman of the Latin Mass Society uh, of the UK. He called he called for the bishops of the world to join the Holy Father in making the consecration as Our Lady of Fatima had asked. Uh, I might go one step further and say, hey, why don't, why don't you call up your local bishops? Everybody, if they called up their bishops and asked them if he would consecrate um, Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary on that same day at the same time as Pope Francis, um, is if it doesn't come out from the Vatican, if we as a, as a, as a church organize and, and get our bishops to do it, you know, um, maybe it'll get done. So uh, another, another gentleman, uh, Matt Gaspers, he's the managing editor of Catholic Family News. He echoed this, noting that the consecration must be done in union with the bishops of the world and involve worldwide reparation. Uh, he, uh, he points out that he's, you know, that um, Our Lady's specific instructions in order that all the bishops of the world to make the consecration of Russia together with you at the same time and, um, you know, there's a, a book out, there was a book out um, that was written um, by Pierre Michel de la Sainte Trinité. It's, the book is called The Whole Truth About Fatima, Volume 2, page 555. Um, and they point out in that book uh, that it was at this time the most solemn apparition of the whole series of Fatima apparitions of Our Lady said to Sister Lucy. This is, again, this is at Tui, Spain, uh, June 13th, 1929. The moment has come in which God asked the Holy Father to make an order that in union with him at the same time, all the bishops of the world make this consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart, promising to convert it because of this day of prayer and worldwide reparation. So there's also, um, Matt Gaspers pointed out that there was a, um, Another book came out um, who I loved reading his writings was uh, Christopher Ferrara from um, the Catholic Family News. Um, May he rest in peace. He died a few years ago. Um, He has a book out called False Friends of Fatima. And on page 51, he pointed out um, some things that that he believed that the the consecration had not been done, that Sister Lucia, um, it's worth going into a little bit of this. Um, on Thursday, March 22nd, 1984, three days before the consecration of the world, uh, at issue, the Carmel of Coimbra was celebrating Sister Lucia's 77th birthday. She received on that day, as was her custom, her old friend, Mr. Eugenia Pestana. After extending good wishes to her Carmelite friend, Mrs. Pestana asked, Then Lucia, Sunday is the consecration. Sister Lucia, who had already received and read the text of the Pope's consecration formula, made a negative sign and declared that consecration cannot have a decisive character. Mm. And there's two other two other statements that Sister Lucia said uh, in uh, Christopher Farrar's book. I want to read that. On the other side of the break, we'll pick this up. We'll finish this one off. And uh, we're going to get into some other good stuff. So you don't want to change that dial. Jesus 911. Be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. One man car, Soul Patrol. My partner is uh is away for today and um just just talking about uh that Pope Francis is going to consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary on the 25th. And um, I was I was getting at uh, there's some things that are have been printed that uh, would indicate that the uh, original consecration had not been done, although the Vatican did put out that it had been accomplished. And I'll I'll make some mention of Sister Lucia's statements, but uh, she did make some statements prior to this um, that uh, it wasn't accepted. And later on, she did say that. Uh, it did. It was accepted. So uh, let's kind of let's kind of go through it. I wanted to uh, finish up what I was uh, going over um, I, from the book of uh, Christopher Farrar, "False Friends of Fatima," page fifty-one, in chapter three, in nineteen eighty-five. In Sol de Fatima, the Spanish publication of the Blue Army, Sister Lucia was asked if the Pope had fulfilled the request of Our Lady when he consecrated the world the previous year. Sister Lucia replied, there was no participation of all the bishops, and there was no mention of Russia. She was then asked, so the consecration was not done as requested by Our Lady? To which she replied, no. Many bishops attached no importance to this act. And then in 1987, on July 20th, 1987, Sister Lucia was interviewed quickly Outside her convent while voting, she told journalist Enrique Romero that the consecration of Russia has not been done as requested. One could cite more of Lucia's affirmations that the 1984 consecration of the world and that of 1982 did not fulfill heaven's conditions, but the point is made. Um, so that that's something to consider. Again, I'm not the arbiter. I'm not, you know, uh, our Lord knows what, what's been done. Um there are people who will say, "Well, um, I, I just don't, uh, I just don't know because we have, um, the, you know, the the Vatican came out with some, they've come out with some stuff. You know, look at just look what they've done uh, about the vaccine and uh, what they're pushing, um, you know, and 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 all the things that are going on. A lot of people have lost faith in the, uh, not well, some have lost their faith, but." Their, their 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 belief in and uh that everything that comes out of the Vatican is spot on you know so uh i'm not again i'm not uh trying to to be the a judge of of anything that comes out of the pope or anything of that meant of that nature but so some things it looked like for instance uh when the third secret was revealed uh, I believe it was 2002 or right about there, some somewhere around there, uh, 2004. And um, a lot of people thought, you know, a lot of the experts that know Fatima, uh, Father Gruner, um, Father Kramer, a lot of those experts, um, they said that that the third secret was much longer than that was um, than what was what was read to us on that day. And um, they it, they also said that. Pope John Paul II was his attempt to murder on his life was that bishop that um, in white that that fell, and so it was over. It was completed. Um, was it so? I don't know. Um, 
I just know that there are a lot of people who, who don't believe it was fully revealed. So <clears throat> just real quick, uh, some of the, t- the things that, that have taken place uh, in 1942 and October 31st. Well, remember, let's back up. Our Lady told us, the, the three shepherds, that if this her requests weren't heeded, a greater war would, would break out uh, during the reign of um, Pope Pius XI. And so she actually mentioned Pope Pius XI by name, uh, you know, by his title. And, um, and he uh, did not consecrate the world. So there's some who, who will argue that, that that was, that when he dropped the ball there, um, it, it, it opened Russia up to spread her errors to the rest of the world. And, um, you know, we've communist China, we've got communist Venezuela, Cuba, North Korea, and the list goes on. So, um, but there are some, some times when the, the, the various popes have uh, consecrated uh, the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Uh, Pope Pius XII did it in 1942, October 31st. Uh, on July 7, 1952, Pope Pius XII consecrates Russian people to the Immaculate Heart through his apostolic letter. Um, and then on November 21st, 1964, Pope Paul VI renews in the presence of the Fathers of the Vatican Council, but without their participation, the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart. So no participation of the, brush, uh, of the bishops, but in their presence. On May 13th, 1982, Pope John Paul II invites the bishops of the world to join him in consecrating the world and with it, Russia, to the Immaculate Heart. Many do not receive the invitation in time for the Pope's trip to Fatima where he accomplishes the consecration, but Sister Lucia later says it did not fulfill the conditions. Um, October 1983, Pope John Paul II at the Synod of Bishops renews the 82 consecration. And then, then the one we, I spoke about on March 25th, 1984, he consecrates the whole world, especially, and he mentions, this is what his words were, and it wasn't really published at the time, but it said, consecrates the whole world, especially the peoples for which by reason of their situation, you have particular love and solicitude. Both the Pope and Sister Lucia initially seemed uncertain that the consecration had been fulfilled, but shortly thereafter, Sister Lucia tells the papal nuncio to Portugal that the consecration is fulfilled. Um, yeah, I, I can go on, but there, there's some uh, some things that came out later on. Sister Lucia did say, um, now the, by this was... This was much later, um, where she said the, that the consecration was fulfilled, as she as she wrote letters to various people and some uh, cardinal and a bishop, and a priest came and visited her at her at her convent. Uh, she was up in age; it was, I believe, in eighty nine, ninety, somewhere uh, around there, and um, she did say that it was it was complete. Uh, Again, uh, some people would say, hey, well, you know, she's following obedience to the um, to the uh, to the Vatican, to the Pope. And uh, if they if they said that it was con- that it was it, it was done, then um, how could she contradict them? And uh, but, you know, again, we have to leave it up into the hands of, uh, of our Lord and Our Lady and. What we could do as our part, what do, what do we have to do? Well, she asked for the first five Saturdays, the reparation for praying our rosaries daily. Uh, those are the things that we can do. We can, you know, 
pray and mortify ourselves fast and and uh and we should be doing and in fact i started a novena yesterday um leading up to this 25th that's uh, a consecration it's a novena to our lady of fatima so that uh that uh, all the bishops of the world together with the pope will will do this consecration so some would say hey well there hasn't been peace in the world like our lady said although some would argue well there was the fall of russia there was the uh Christianity was now allowed to be taught um, in in Russia. It was, obviously, it wasn't the Catholic faith, but it was the Orthodox faith. So again, um, it's it's beyond my pay grade. Um, I toward I tend to lead towards that uh, because of the fact that they're the fruit on the tree. Um, Russia, uh, you see what condition they're in now. Uh, I tend to lean towards that. Um, like what uh, Cardinal Burke says that it hasn't been done, but uh, again, I'll leave that up to you. I, I'm not speaking for the for VNPR. That's just my humble opinion. But uh, who am I? You know, I'm just a, a blue collar Catholic, and um, so leave it at that. Um, some exciting news uh, I want to release: uh, the fact that um, in in Mexico, uh, the was uh, they. Are, are not allowing politicians that voted for the um, for uh, the abortion to receive communion, and um, I think that's a that's a huge start. We could uh, really learn from them uh, what they did over there in uh, in Culiacan. Um, they just uh, announced that that those. Those people, those lawmakers who voted to legalize abortion, will not be allowed to receive communion, and, uh, and that's huge. You know, if you recall, over here in uh, in our country, uh, the USCCB was uh, they were put out. Uh, Archbishop Gomez from uh, Los Angeles he put out a. Um, you know, a kind of a pre-vote from all his bishops to see uh, what they would, where they stood on whether uh, pro-abortion politicians like uh, uh, fake Catholic uh, Joe Biden and uh, Nancy Pelosi could receive uh, communion, and um, that went out overwhelmingly. The bishops uh, uh, voted to deny them communion, and uh, as you recall. A, um, a letter came out from the Vatican saying that uh, they didn't want to politicize this this vote on communion. So um, then, when it went to the, they drew up a document on communion. They try trying to get the faithful to have a deeper devotion to uh, to the you know the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, we've lost our way. Um, the latest study, I believe, was like thirty percent of Catholics still believe in the real presence, which is uh, it's just bone chilling because that is the the source and summit of our faith, and uh, they no longer believe in it. They're not, you know, they're not going to pass it on to their children, and it's getting lost. And uh, so, all your actions, if you really believe that that's Jesus present in the Blessed Sacrament, then. Uh, you know, it, your actions are gonna are gonna indicate that. You know, you, you you see people who 
don't even uh, genuflect before they go into the pew or, or genuflect towards the Blessed Sacrament uh, as if, or they walk by the, you know, just walk across the tabernacle and, and no genuflection is showing that that uh, there's no, you know, they they don't know who's in there. And that's quite sad. It's quite sad. And, well, when that vote came out, it was overwhelmingly, uh, they didn't mention about the, the pro-abort uh, politicians, and they didn't cover that topic in this uh, the last uh, USCCB uh, conference. So it's uh, we could definitely take a um, a lesson from the bishops in in, in Mexico. <clears throat> I think it was about you know uh, thirteen um, thirteen uh, uh, little cities that have um, voted to legalize abortion. And that's a Catholic country, so that's that's quite shameful. And uh, but I didn't hear the Vatican telling the bishops in Mexico to stand down. Uh, it's quite interesting. I didn't have the article with me here, so uh, <clears throat> I'm going off memory. But you could look it up. Uh, bishops of Mexico, uh, specifically in uh, Culiacan, uh, Sinaloa. And we'll be right back. We're going to be talking about some some bills that you need to take a look at. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Segment 3. Going to be talking about Senate Bill 1390 and some other seven bad bills you need to pay attention to. Uh, it could change the face of this uh, this state of California. You know, California, um, a lot of, this is one of the biggest states, obviously. Um, as it goes, so do some of the other blue states. And so uh, they follow the marching orders of, of the liberals here in California in many cases. Um, I want you to be aware of this. I came across this, uh, um, this, this talk by... Uh, Nicole C. Pearson, she's a, a lawyer. She she opened her own uh, law practice, um, and she, it's called "The Facts, the Law, the Truth, and Justice," and and using them to defend and preserve civil liberties and basic human rights for all. And while um, she's she was initially focused on uh, employment and business litigation, the firm pivoted in 2021 to rise up against the coordinated assault on our and more alarmingly our children's individual liberties by politicians special interest groups, private entities emboldened by the government and even our own neighbors. The firm is the forefront of the fight against the assault on our children and the basic principles of limited government, checks and balances, and personal autonomy necessary for a free and healthy society. So I'm going to um, play uh, Nicole. She's, she's speaking at a um, at a, a Protestant church. Uh, I believe it was uh, Calvary Chapel in Orange County. And uh, or San Juan Capistrano, and uh, you know it's it's amazing that you'll hear these kinds of talks at those those kinds of churches. Um, you know, um, many times we just don't hear them here in our in our Catholic church, and I, I wish we would, so that people become aware of what's going on. But uh, these are all you know people of goodwill. So I want to have the engineer play the clip. It's about a seven-minute clip about uh, with Nicole talking about some of these bills we need to be aware of, and then we'll on the other side we'll we'll talk about them. 
I only have a couple of minutes, so I just want to do a really quick exercise. Um, I need everybody to close their eyes, and because um, I want to give you guys a good count. I want to give you a real tally. So you're in church, okay? No cheating. Um, how many of you in here, please raise your hand if you have a job. Okay, great. How many of you, keep your hands up, actually. How many of you have a job? Okay, great. How many of you who don't have a job want to have a job in California? How about kids in here? How many of you guys want to have an internship? Okay, good. How many of you in here are vaccinated? Oh, boy. <laughs> that's, no, that's great. How many of you are vaccinated, but you're not ready to have your kids vaccinated? How many of you are here and vaccinated are not ready for your grandkids to get vaccinated? Okay, everybody open their eyes. Um, I have some good news and I have some bad news. Good news is we're all going together. Bad news is come January 2023, we will not be living or working here in California anymore. Um, if you guys don't mind queuing up the sides. My name is Nicole Pearson. I have a new firm um, called Facts Law Truth Justice. I also have an advocacy. We started an advocacy side because we are going after these bad bills. I don't know if anybody knows, but the California legislative session is currently in session right now. And these are not conspiracy theories. These are bills that are currently on the legislative floor and they're being considered. AB 1749 is going to require, require all schools to have testing, to any school that receives federal funding to roll out and implement testing programs. AB 1797 would merge the three California immunization tracking systems into one statewide system. This is called digital proof of vaccination. This is called the vaccine passport. SB 871 is going to add the COVID-19 injection to every child that receives an education or child care in the state of California, public, private, Catholic, Christian, Jewish, non-denominational, day care. AB 1993 is going to require employers to mandate proof of COVID-19 vaccination. You'll notice here this one is different than what was being proposed by the federal government, which had a limit or a threshold of at least 100 employees. This is any kind of employer. This includes independent contractors, public, private, and there is no threshold. Every single employer will be required to have their employees show them proof of vaccination. It doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or if you're not, if you care about the issue or not, you will be fined if you do not compel your employees to show proof of vaccination. Next slide. I know it's a lot, you guys. I'm trying to <laughs> hammer the point home. AB 2098 is the noose that will be strangling your medical providers to prohibit them from giving you information on COVID-19. If they are not pumping the vaccine and they are not pumping fear into your hearts, they will be labeled as unprofessional in their conduct and subject to discipline by the medical board. SB 920 would authorize the medical board, and I, I purposely, a lot of you have heard of SB 866, SB 871, AB 1993. I'm purposely building this story for you to show you how each of these bills has not only built on the last 10 years of California legislative history, but specifically in this session is building it upon itself, upon themselves to make it impossible for you to live, work, or learn in California if any of these bills come to fruition. Don't worry, there's a message of hope at the end, but you need to realize what's at stake. SB 920 would authorize the medical board, how interesting, to inspect a doctor's office and also the records without pa patient's consent. So not only are they going to be investigating them, they'll also be able to go into their offices and investigating your private medical records with 
I'm sure as soon as they get a complaint about this. SB 866, what is this? Lowering the age of consent, period, and stop. We have been lowering the age of consent in California for years. It will not stop here, but with respect to this bill specifically, it's so that they can consent to vaccines. So now we have children that can't go to school. We have children that can't get internships. We have children that are going to be ostracized already from education, from sporting events, from activities, who won't be able to work. What do you think your 12-year-old is going to do as soon as they have the opportunity to go to Rite Aid? To Rite Aid. Because it's not limited to their pediatrician's office. Don't think, they'll never go to Dr. Joe. They're never going to go get that when they walk into Rite Aid on their lunch break to go get the vaccine so they can go to a movie with their friends. SB 1464 is going to require law enforcement to enforce public health guidelines. This is the current California legislative landscape. Um, I know it's very sombering. <laughs> There's a lot going on. The reason why I'm here is to let you know what you can do about this. We've already mentioned it. There, this is completely unprecedented times. I was I'm a mom of a five-year-old and a three-year-old. I had zero intention of starting a new law firm. I had zero intention of starting an advocacy group. I had zero intention of leaving my goddaughter's birthday party to come here, to be here, but I, I'm so excited that I am. This is the time that we are living in. There is no option than to get involved. You have got to get involved. And the reason why I did is because the legislative hearings are happening in the next several weeks that are coming up. They're going to get assigned this week. And every single one of you, if I may, needs to pull out their phone right this very second because I'm going to give you action items. It's very, very simple. We need you to call your legislators. We need you to email your legislators. We need you to meet with them. And lucky for you, lucky for all of us, every single tool that they have used to manipulate and gaslight and browbeat and terrorize us for the last two years can also be used to our advantage because everything is remote because of COVID-19. So now we can do Zoom meetings with our legislators. And you need to let them know, assuming that you don't agree with this, that you don't agree with this and why. So please, please, I'll send you a, a, a list of the accounts that you need to be following, but please absolutely follow us. Uh, it's factslawtruthjustice.com. It's the same handle on Instagram, California Freedom Keepers on Instagram. And what we have done for you, please do not be scared, okay? Be worried, but don't be scared. We are here to help you, and we have tools for you. So as soon as you follow us and you sign up for our tools and our resources and updates, we will spoon feed you when you need to call, when you need to email, how to request a meeting, how to speak at the meeting. But this needs to happen immediately. That's why I'm so grateful that he invited me here tonight to take this time because this is a very important uh, evening. But we need you guys. We need every single person in the state of California because I, I'll tell you what, I've been on Zooms with California legislature, legislators, excuse me, and they have never seen the participation, the civic participation, like Michael was saying, that they have seen right now. There you have it. A lot to be worried about, folks. Pray hope and uh, don't worry, but we've got to do our part. So, um, like I said, so 
as California goes, so goes the rest of the, the country, at least the blue states. And um, they take their marching orders from uh, this clown of a governor here who's just, I can't uh, tell you how um, demonic uh, and, and just evil this uh, the governor we have here in California is. And he's he's tied up to Nancy Pelosi and um, and others, so he has aspirations of going higher in politics. Uh, I want to get into uh, a bill that she didn't cover, um, and it's uh, Senate Bill 1390. And then we'll kind of go over some of the other ones just to reiterate what she said on those other. Uh, AB is Assembly Bill. SB is a Senate Bill. So um, 1390. And this is this is the the, the scary thing is that. This was a bill that was written already and uh, in February. It was done in February. And then what they did, it was amended in the Senate on March 14th at 9 p.m. So while everybody's asleep, they're making these these changes to it. And uh, so they catch everybody off guard because, you know, you, you won't have the time to have read, you know, you think you've, you know what it says. And they go and they make these these changes under the cover of darkness and uh, these people who are involved in the nefarious activity, they change it to their own liking. On uh, SB thirteen ninety, um, it's uh, it says that existing law prohibits a person, among others, from making all. Oh, you know what? Uh, we're coming up on a break, so I'm gonna get it get into this, and and uh, you're gonna just be flabbergasted as what some of the things these uh, these liberals are are trying to do. It's straight communism, folks. So uh, let's uh, let's listen up. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Jesus 911. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 21 we are back jesus 911 one man car um a king car today as my partner is uh is off doing some apostolic work and um we're talking about um an attorney and nicole um she has she has a, a, a website and i i put it on the on the chat it's uh it's uh gonna be FactsLawTruthJustice.com, and uh, she kind of gives you, walks you through what you need to do to get a hold of your legislatures, um, what to ask and what to say um, if you disagree with this, and hopefully you all disagree. Um, but this this bill, 1390, she didn't mention this one, SB 1390, um, it's a social media platform, amplification of harmful content, okay? So it is... I'll read part of the uh, the bill. Existing law prohibits a person, among others, from making or disseminating in any advertising device or in any manner or means whatsoever, including over the Internet, any statement concerning real or personal property or services that is untrue or misleading as specified. Existing law defines libel as a false and unprivileged publication, including by writing, printing, or picture that exposes any person to hatred, contempt, and ridicule, among other things. So... You know the left don't they don't believe in absolute truth obviously it's to them it's relative so without any truth it's those people that are in power they 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 govern by by strength by by muscle you know and um 
So whose truth, you know, you know, they'll say, well, you have your truth. We have our truth. And, and they're the final arbiters. Okay. So the bill would define amplify to, to make mean to take action either through manual or automatic automatic means that has the effect of increasing the viewership of certain material. The bill would provide that harmful content includes libel or slander as specified threats of imminent violence against the government and governmental entities. I, I can see that and disinformation or in, misinformation, including, but not limited to get this false or misleading information regarding medicine or vaccinations false or misleading information regarding elections and conspiracy theories. Boy, oh boy, who do you think they're talking about? You know, they're talking about the, uh, the QAnons of this world or the, or uh, the Patriots who uh, were up in Washington, D.C., uh, 2020, January 6th, that were listening to Trump. Uh, not, I'm not necessarily saying the ones that entered the, uh, the White House or the Congress, but um, nevertheless... You know, there were some some people that got caught up in that. And uh, but this is who they're trying to go after. The bill would require a social media platform to establish a complaint process for users to access within the platform to report harmful content that believe that they believe has been amplified and track each complaint in a database that is shared with the attorney general. So it, it could be a third party who reads something that I typed up. And they make a complaint against me. And uh, next thing I know, I'm going to be entered into a database uh, with the attorney general. Um, If the platform continues to amplify reported harmful content after 24 hours of receiving the notice from the attorney general that the platform was amplifying that harmful content, this bill will. um, So it's going to take it's going to take some kind of action against that platform. The bill would authorize the enforcement of these provisions by civil action in a court of competent jurisdiction by the attorney general and specify civil penalties to which violators would be subject. The bill would exempt any information shared with the attorney general pursuant to this chapter from disclosure under the California Public Records Act. So you can't even you can't it's not even going to be disclosed what the information was that got you in hot water. And uh, the the uh, the last thing is existing constitutional provisions require that a statute that limits the right of access to the meetings of public bodies or the writings of public officials and agencies be adopted with findings demonstrating the interest protected by the limitation and the need for protecting that interest. So they're they're going to control those things that they they deem are uh, needs protection, um, and uh, so you can see that they they've cut things out. Uh, what they, they they post on here, what they've cut out and what they've amended, and um, but that's crazy. How false or misleading information regarding medicine or vaccinations, false or misleading information regarding elections, conspiracy theories, etc. Um, this is what we have to be aware of, uh, folks, because our, our politicians here are, uh, they're not looking out for your best interests. And, um, as, <coughs> excuse me, excuse me, as, uh, the attorney pointed out, you know, all schools, AB 1749, all schools who receive federal funding will not, well, they're going to roll out this, these testing programs 
and, and they're going to require every district office or charter school to have the COVID-19 vaccine testing, excuse me, testing programs. And it's going to include teachers, staff, pupils, and, uh, and expand contagious infections or communicable disease testing and other public health and mitigation efforts to include pre-K on-site after school programs and child care centers. I don't know about you, but I don't want my grandkids uh, vaccinated. Uh, I don't want my kids vaccinated. Um, Maybe 1797, it's going to merge the three California immunization tracking systems into one statewide system. It's going to be called the digital proof of vaccination. That's going to be the vaccine passport, folks. Okay, don't think it's not going to happen. That uh, that's already underway. Um, Other countries are having it. Um, I believe it was Australia. Other countries that are are working towards this as well. Probably Canada. So government agencies will have access to all your vaccine records rather than just those of of their students and patients. SB 871 adds the COVID-19 injection to the required lists of immunizations for for nurseries, daycares, private and public schools. That's all schools. It's going to be, um, if you receive an education from any public, Catholic, Christian, uh, non-denominational, even daycares, you're going to be required to... uh, have, be vaccinated so it's going to go down as like one of the uh you know the um the polio vaccine it's gonna it's gonna be included like the measles vaccine that you that you have to have uh before you attend uh, school ab 1993 it's going to require employers to mandate every employee to show proof of vaccination and it's different from the than the federal guidelines because remember biden was saying 100 employees it's going to be all companies and even if you're a, um, you know, independent contractor, you're going to have to show proof of vaccination. And if you don't, you're going to be fine if you don't compel your, your employees to show proof of the vaccine. AB 2098, and that's going to classify uh, anti-COVID-19 medical opinion as unprofessional. Your doctors aren't going to be able to tell you anything negative about the vaccine or, um, or, or about the virus. And uh, because they get a complaint and uh, their medical license could be pulled. It's going to prohibit your medical providers with giving you information on COVID-19. And don't we just want that? We want to be fully informed, right? And um, so they're just, they're just going to be pumping the vaccine and pumping fear into you. Um, SB 920, it's going to authorize the medical board to inspect a doctor's office for records and your, without your patient's consent. That's just this communist, folks. That is just communist. 866, SB 866 lowers the age of consent, as you heard on the video. Uh, it's been going to be lowered down to 12. And um, they're already doing this with uh, the gender ideology. They're, they're talking to kids about that. Um, our, our schools here are just, they're, they're, they're working for the devil. And um, that's why more and more families are going to private schools. Private schools are going uh, homeschooling. Um, that's why I support the like schools like the Good Shepherd Academy. SB 1464 requires law enforcement, and this is what really ticks me off, enforce, requires law enforcement to enforce public health guidelines. We're in unprecedented times, folks. That's what they were doing in Canada when they see these police that were roughing up the truckers and uh, who were just doing peaceful protests. Um 
but you flip that on the other side back in 2020, 20, uh, during the, the summer of love when, you know, BLM and Antifa were rioting the streets and, and, uh, they, they every little move that police officers made would be, uh, scrutinized, enhanced and reported. And, and, uh, they didn't, uh, didn't really emphasize the media didn't emphasize all the, uh, the violence that they were, um, you know, committing to, against law enforcement. And, um, and so you saw in Canada recently where those truckers, and this was peaceful pro- protest, unlike Summer of Love, mostly peaceful protests is what they called it. And yet we know that, you know, billions of dollars was was um, wasted and, and buildings were burnt down and, and destruction, looting of stores. And uh, here you, you they're going to compel the police to, to enforce these things. I'm sorry, but... Uh, I couldn't do that in good consciousness as a law enforcement officer. So perhaps I got out in time and, um, but uh, I I just, we do need good folks out there on the front lines that are going to, going to stick to their values and, and their, their follow their conscience and inform conscience with their Catholic faith. And um, we need all people of goodwill to, to stand up against this. So uh, make sure you, you go to her website and there's some, um, she has some talking points. Uh, you can pull these things up. It, ha- it goes over all these bills that uh, that I mentioned and she mentioned, and um, you can you can find out how to get in touch with your legislatures, you know, in the assembly and in the senate. And so we need to call them. We need to voice our disserv- uh, disapproval of this um, and make our our feelings and our intentions felt. And you got to pass this on to others in your family. Uh, we've got to do this because this is going to get pushed through like they, they do all the time without anyone knowing about it. So people of goodwill, we've got to come to the aid of this uh, this state because what's going to happen, it's it's probably going across the nation um, in various states, blue states especially. So we need to uh, we need to show our, our in the, at, the, at the polling sites come November... Way to get this governor and this mayor out of out of here, and 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 the um, some of these these politicians that are and you know board of supervisors, the district attorney. We got to get them out. So let's pray, hope, don't worry, and let's uh, let's do our part. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you. Thanks for for listening in. You could be listening to anyone else and uh, you were here so I thank you and um, if you like it share with others Um, definitely want to share that video God love you keep the faith stay tuned for Hands On Apologetics with Gary Mishuda Midwest Command Center I am out 10-7 E-O-W God bless keep the faith